morning. Great to see everyone. Yeah, got some got some connection challenges with a few of the uh, few of the channels, but good to see those who made it are uh, here. Good to see everyone this morning. Thanks for the shout out last night for last night's session, uh, Alison. Yep. Yeah. Um, absolutely, Scott's a bit of a uh, an amazing guy, and uh, we only grabbed him for a short spot, so we might do something a little bit uh, more uh, in depth later on uh, next year, which is uh, which is kind of cool. So, hey, good morning, Sean, Stephen, Allison, Chris, Bob, Jay. Might only be a few of us this morning. A little bit of dropping in and dropping out, and I've only got two or three of my channels going. So, uh, hopefully, hopefully. Um, we can upload this a bit later on, but uh, hopefully you're all well. Anyone new? If you're new, there's my name, Jason Witten. <laughs> been doing these Wealth Coffee Chats for a while now and um, been property investing over 20 years, coaching property investors uh, with my team, Sam and, and the team uh, across, uh, across uh, Australia and New Zealand for over 20 years. So, yeah, um, and done a few deals. And each morning, get together with you guys and have a cup of coffee. We call it a Wealth Coffee Chat and see if we can't keep an eye on this thing called property investing and how we can, <coughs> excuse me, how can we, we can go the distance uh, in this thing that we're doing called property investing, making sure we, uh, we, uh, you know, we hang in there. And uh, today I wanted to talk about the idea, the thought, because sometimes uh, some of us uh, can be uh, mis uh, misunderstand misunderstand the marketplace and what goes on. Uh, the real estate uh, marketplace going up. We're all happy if you're in uh, if you're in the money. You're on a deal right now. You know you're happy. You've got a little bit of market momentum in your favour, which is fabulous. Putting a bit of you know, equity in your pocket, so to speak. Uh, but that's not always the case. This is quite a unique moment in time. Uh, it's certainly one that uh, we would always expect as a property investor. So let's talk about that today. Let's talk about can property prices go down? Everyone's talking about property prices going up. Yes, can property prices go down? And yes, they can. And yes, they do. Uh, how often is that? Interesting. Conversation. I've got, got some stats here, um, and it's not all linear, by the way, so we'll chat about that in a second. The diversification process, diversifying our property portfolio is important uh, to understand that. So we'll dive into that this morning and uh, spend our time with our Wealth Coffee Chat uh, talking about that stuff. Quick shout out to Kev. Mate, good morning to you and Ingrid. Um, good to see you guys jumping on. Uh, and... Um, Anyone else who's out there, give us a shout out in the chat. If you're new, say g'day. Um, so let's do this. The idea um, of property investing is that uh, over time, over a longish period of time, we want our properties to increase in value. That's a given. We're all like, yes, come on, let's get this puppy, uh, this show on the road. We want property prices to increase. Fabulous. That's wonderful. You know, the other thing that I think, uh, you know, you guys know this from me, it's actually quite important for our rents to go up. So we want our values to go up uh, and we want our rents to go up. Uh, and, you know, over time we get some 
tax efficiency, um, some tax efficiency from the properties that we own. But have a have a check out of this chart here, and um, this is uh, some interesting conversations about some data that I just gathered from uh, one of my good buddies, Timmy Boyle. Bit of a shout out to you um, if you're online. Uh, thanks for always providing good data and good info. And so over the past 41 years, so that's a long time, 41 years. Oh, that's not going to work. Um, over 41 years, let's have a look at the periods of negative growth uh, on um, a property market value. So um, can property prices go down? And usually, team, property prices have some retraction after significant ups. All right, let me let me hear you. Let, let me let me say this out loud. Listen to me when I pay attention right now. You might even want to take some notes. Property prices historically and usually have some retraction from um, soon after significant increases. So what would we expect sometime in the future? What would be normal? Thinking about Scott Harris's normal abnormal problem, a problem you just, uh, an abnormal problem is a problem you just haven't seen yet, okay? What is a normal problem slash normal part of the marketplace? Yeah, absolutely, Alison. What's, what's normal? What should we expect uh, at some point in the next three to five years? Uh, put it in the chat if you want to get involved. We should expect a retraction from the highs of property prices, okay? That's coming. That's normal. That's going to be there, okay? So let's have a look at this. And this is kind of like I wanted to do some sort of like, what's normal in this bloody thing, all right? So if we have a look from, you know, 1980, I'm going to put my glasses on these days. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Aging, hey? Uh, well, eyes, I don't know. What can you do for eyes? So, you know, if you have a look over here in this section, okay, so from 1980 to 88, we had a slow but steady march upwards. And then what happened with the property prices afterwards? What happened, team? They went down um, uh, as, you, as you go. Um, oh, Steve. Uh, yeah, okay. Steve, do me a favor and send an email to either me or one of the, one of the coaches we need your email address just to check it out, Steve. Um, we can we can help you out with that, mate. So look at that, team. We had up, we had an upward trajectory for eight years, and we had a downward trajectory. I don't know. Looks like for two years. Okay. So um, so yeah, property prices can go down. Okay, but did those property prices did they retract? to where, let's zoom in, um, did they retract from the starting point back to the starting point? No, right? So what we saw is this kind of switch over here in this sort of section, kind of a one-year period where you could kind of maybe get yourself a little bit um, a little bit caught, all right? If you bought at the high, you know, you, you look like you have to be in this section here for six or seven years before your values uh, potentially get sorted again, okay? 
everyone following along. Hopefully, this is making sense, right? Let's, let's dive in. So, again, another climb, and this is Sydney. I'm just doing Sydney for an example, and Brizzy and the other places have some similar profiles. Another climb, um, and then what's that, 96 to sort of 2003, okay? That's another uh, – uh, four, three, seven, eight years, right? And then again, we get this kind of down there from here, you know, a two to three year period, okay? And we get it downwards again, okay? We've got this sort of flattish period here. This time, you don't have to wait so long. That's not that long, maybe three or four years. And we get this significant up here um, for a while in Sydney, which came to around about here, and that was the APRA Malaki. We had some downs, probably the sharpest down we had in a long time in this marketplace, and now we're getting, boom, another bit of a bit of up, okay? So that's a pretty sharp upward trend, and, you know, at the end of the day, will it sustain itself forever and a day? No, absolutely not. I reckon we got another, I reckon we got another year or two in some, momentum in this marketplace in one way, shape, or form, folks. Um, that's what I think. That's what's going to go on. Um, but how do we manage these ups and downs? All right, so let's just quickly have a look before I move on and just do the diversification thing here. You know, uh, Sydney, over 41 years, nine negative years, nine years where property prices went backwards, average loss per year, 5%. On those negative nine, Melbourne, six years that property prices went backwards over 41 years. Brisbane, three years where property prices went backwards. Um, average loss, 3%. Melbourne, average loss, 4%. And then, you know, the average growth rate over those periods between sort of 7 and 8%. So, you know, at the end of the day, the future is not going to exactly mimic the past. However, when you see this kind of pattern where we get some upwards trajectory for a little while uh, and then there is an overshooting. The prices overshoot themselves, team. They overshoot the ability to borrow. They overshoot the ability to, to lend. They overshoot the ability to pay for a mortgage, whatever it is. Because the market's big at moments uh, and then, you know, it retracts for a little bit for whatever reason, mostly and usually either to do with some political bloody stupidity or um, some banking restrictions because they don't know how to manage themselves very well. So how do we, how do we, how do we manage? How do we manage, how do we manage our portfolios into the future so we're not sort of, you know, Jekyll and Hyde on this thing. Always, ah, ee, ah, like when it comes to the world of property investing. And there's a couple of concepts. Well, there's one concept that you probably hear about it all the time, uh, uh, diversification. I don't know. I think I spelt it in the, uh, uh, yeah, there, I think there's another I in there somewhere. Diversification. We diversify, Okay. And how do we diversify as property investors? Uh, and there's a few smart ways to do that. Number one, one smart way in Australia anyway. Now, you guys always make fun of me when I do this, but there it is. 
Um, that is a picture uh, of Australia, by the way. Um, now, I know my drawing is not great, but there you go. All right, but you get the picture. Hopefully, hopefully you get the picture. Uh, all right. So for me and you, diversifying um, is pretty important when it comes to these ups and downs in marketplaces for a number of reasons, right? Number one, get rid of that. Number one, you want to have different growth cycles in your portfolio, growth cycles, okay? Because, you know, if you own every property in one location, yes, maybe the good time Charlies are getting... Um, growth in one area, but maybe in another um, uh, in another state, you might not be, okay? So the idea, growth cycles across different states at different times, often for different economic reasons, pretty important, okay? Number two, the idea that um, we get some tax management, okay, uh, management. So for example, land tax. Land tax is state-based, okay? Land tax is, goes all around Australia in different states. Uh, also, um, different states have different stamp duty laws. Some of them try to do exit tax. I don't, I don't know if anyone remembers the exit tax in New South Wales. They put another tax on top of capital gains tax to then, um, you know, so when you exit, you have to pay some more money. Like it was like ludicrous, all right, um, as we go. Uh, and uh, last but not least, price point, okay? Because, yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great to buy in Sydney right now, but uh, maybe that's out of your budget. Maybe that's out of your budget range when it comes to you and your property portfolio and your diversification, okay? Um, away we go. So different states at different times. We like the idea of at least three states to invest in okay three states to invest in three states three different economies three different political exposures um and that gives a bit more diversification so number one three states we'll do this three states to diversify into okay three states okay and we'll come back to number two in a minute okay What's another way to diversify? Put it in the chat for me right now. We we're, we can diversify in different locations around Australia. There are uh, two more diversification strategies when it comes to residential real estate. I'm not talking about uh, commercial, retail, industrial, anything like that, team. So put it in the chat for me right now. What is another way to diversify? There's two more diversification strategies. Um, and uh, while you guys are maybe putting something in the chat. I'm going to draw myself a little kind of drawing, hoping hoping that I can do it um, accurately. So what is another way to diversify? There's two more when it comes to your real estate investment portfolio. Let's have a bit of a look at this. Um, these rings, yep, different types of properties. Absolutely, Stephen, the type. Okay, the type. So... Um, We've got number one, the type of property, and number two, okay, um, and Sam mentioned it last night at Mentoring Team, is the 
diversification of location within a city, okay? And then sort of unit, uh, townhouse, apartment kind of goes along with that diversification process, okay? We'll, um, we'll squidge this up a little bit so we can see that whole thing. Um, so the type of property uh, and the location, okay? Now, the location uh, equals, let's call this the inner ring, the in, the mid, and the outer, okay? The inner ring, the middle, and the outer, okay? And when we think about that, we think about um, what can, across the rings, absolutely, Stephen. Yep, yep, you got it, man. Now, if we look at our ability to invest in our buying price and our buying power, now, if you could, if you could borrow and buy, you know, a million dollar real estate, sometimes these conversations aren't as linear. But if your budget is constrained anywhere from sort of your buying power, kind of like you know, six hundred to seven hundred at the moment, that's where that's the kind of price range you're getting. You know, really good quality stuff, and you're still able to, you know, buy well um, in this conversation then what are we doing, okay? We diversify across the rings and different types of properties, okay? So the inner ring, uh, for most of us in this buying power or budget range, we're going to get a unit, okay? So you've got a unit in the inner ring. You'd probably get a townhouse in the middle ring and you'd get a house in the outer ring. Everyone cool with that? Yeah? Now, that's depending on where you are right now. Let's use two cities for an example. Uh, let's use three cities because we we saw them before. Let use let's use uh, Sydney. If you if we looked at unit for six or seven hundred thousand dollars, we're talking twenty k, you know, forty k, and then sort of a hundred k from the city or this premium infrastructure location. Uh, for those price points, um, and maybe 120, you're going all the way to Newcastle or even the Hunter Valley um, out of Sydney. Okay, now um, if we have a quick look at somewhere like um, Melbourne, okay, if we have a look at Melbourne, is that any better? Now you can get uh, the unit for six or seven hundred. You can still get in a ring proper in a ring, really good in a ring. Properties in Melbourne, six to seven hundred in the unit apartment. So that Sam and I um, and the team, we still think Melbourne's got some amazing value. We think you know Sydney's bolted. Um, so and then townhouse, you're still looking twenty to thirty k for the townhouse, um, but there is also a couple of opportunities in the house market that kind of you know twenty five to forty k out of Melbourne. So. When we look at the Melbourne market, we're like, yeah, Melbourne market's pretty, like, pretty nice. Uh, we're still getting some good buying in Melbourne um, for the inner ring, outer ring, and, and that sort of stuff. And Brisbane, well, Brisbane, absolutely, you can get inner ring buying in like, like super awesome quality. And for example, inner ring, inner ring buying in Brisbane for six or seven hundred. You know, you're getting really good two bed and sometimes even three bed inner ring apartments um, compared to Melbourne, where you won't get you won't get a three bed for seven hundred. Not a chance. Not a chance on the planet. Um, and then 
you know, you're looking at the townhouse, you can still get that townhouse maybe from, it's not really 10 kilometres anymore, it's like 15 to 20 because that market's moved a little bit. So, you know, you go 15 to 20 and then you get the house market sort of 20 to 30, okay? So when we're looking at our diversification team, we've got those three things, all right? So hopefully everyone's sort of um, uh, chipping, chipping along there or, or following along. We've got those three things. We're going to diversify by state. We're going to diversify by type of property, uh, type of property. And we're going to diversify by uh, the rings, the inner, middle, and outer rings um, as we go. So for all of us, if we think about our portfolio, that makes sense, right? That makes sense. Now, you might have a house or two already in your portfolio, and I urge you to consider a different style of investment. You might, uh, like one of my clients, he loves the he gets he really gets that inner city he's a he's a young 30 something professional he doesn't understand why someone would buy a house 30 kilometers from the cbd and waste their life driving to and from work he doesn't get it it, it doesn't even come into his head right so he has uh, invested in quite a lot of apartments now i'm I'm saying to him, we need to buy you a house. We need to get your house. And, and I, I have these opposite conversations with people sometimes. Listen, you got too many pr- houses too far from any decent infrastructure. Let's get you an apartment or a townhouse. Um, but there you go, folks. Hopefully that made sense. Did that make sense today? Give me a shout out in the chat if it did. Um, um, there is, for all of us, uh over our 15 or 20-year period, there will be times, probably multiple times, our properties will receive negative market growth at least two to three times. Uh, over that period of times, we will get at least two to three significant um, up spikes uh, in our growth, and then the rest of the time will be pretty boring, either flat or just chipping away two, three, four percent a year, nothing to write home about, okay? So... Uh, um, for all of us, nice, Stephen. Good to see. Good job, Alison. Um, so there you go. Diversifying, keeping it safe, not um, uh, not misunderstanding property markets when we have significant upsides. They overshoot. They do correct. Usually one to two years of, of adjustment. Not significant. Not the end of the world, by the way, folks. And if you've got excellent, amazing properties, then that's not going to be a problem. Um, they receive less adjustment um, as we go along. Anyway, there you go. That's normal. It's a normal problem. It's just abnormal because you haven't seen it yet. It's normal because I've seen it literally hundreds of times. Anyway, there you go. I'm rabbiting on. 8.30. We should be done and dusted. Wealth Coffee Chat over and out. I'll try and fix my tech. I still can't uh, still can't see um, some of my channels connecting here today. So, uh, But good to see everyone online and uh, join me tomorrow for another wealth coffee chat you guys stay safe uh, be well wherever you are and until then bye for now